Well, good evening and welcome to Sports on the Porch, recorded live and unedited in the Screen Porch studio. It's good to be back, Josh. It's really good to see you. I, uh, my cheeks are sore. What, from smiling? So It's so much since Sunday. So I, it's, much? It's so hard to talk. I know. My uh, cheeks are so sore. I, I, you know, the funny thing is, is you, you live in Packer country. That's why. Yeah, and I can't imagine what it was like for you to go into the office and see all those Packer fans who were so up on their team. I mean, and here's the thing, is that we are Viking fans, and we're nice people, right? Minnesota nice. It it may not be the truest thing in the world, but it's there's some truth to it. Yeah. We were so nice that even Nathan had to ask to be ripped. Yeah. I didn't even say anything in the office. Like no. like you said, I just I let it simmer. You, I just walked around. You let your smile say everything. I don't know that my feet touched the ground. Well. And maybe that's why they whoa. That probably pissed a lot of yeah. people off. But uh yeah. Well, before we get to that, my goodness, we're kind of jumping the gun right there. Okay. Uh what? Se- 70 degrees. 70 degrees. 20, 26 degrees Celsius, according you, to the You're dang the right, it's 26 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Or 24, sorry. But uh, 24, uh, 26, pool or pond. Pond would be good for you, yeah. though, for sure. Um, what's in your cup, Matt? Well, I have another Corona Seltzer. Uh, Eventually, we'll get through these audience. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I believe you're regressing. I, I am? Yeah. I thought so that was getting, pretty good. It's getting worse. Uh, Arindia, uh, Roll Arind- your R's, my man. Arindano. Akai. Not going to work here anymore. Uh, this is a blueberry. In case you didn't know. You, you knew because my flaw was yeah. Spanish, but. Right. Um, yeah. That's it, embarrassing. You're embarrassing. So mm. I have. Uh, Little tribute to the Vikings here. No. And what? What, what is it? This is the Lupulin Brewing Fashion Mullet, and you have to walk around with a lot of confidence to pull off a a mullet and two a fashion mullet. Keith Millard. Yeah. So this is this guy looks like Keith Millard, right? Th- he, those he are lo- those looks are, a lot like Keith Millard. Just, uh, just I don't know the, the Keith blonde had hair. The, uh, uh, the what is this? The the little the little goat under the lip. The, what is that called? Uh, what something. Is, it's yeah, called something. Yeah, but there's a name for that little. Yeah. Little bit uh, message us uh, if you know the name. Yep. But uh, that is Keith Millard. If he were to dye his hair blonde. Yes. And the Vikings have some swagger, um, and I I don't want to take this too far. So you're gonna need to pull me back, Matt. You're gonna need to. I, I'm going to bring the realism the rest of the podcast, um, and I don't want it to sound negative. I feel like I've already gone too far with the positivity. It's wow. one game. Come on. Whoa. Not that big of a deal here. Um, the Packers were without the players. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to bring, bring it down. Go ahead. Pop. Well, okay. So for Agenda. those... So, so this is the East-West IPA, 6.5 ABV. Yeah. So, nice, solid I, uh, IPA out of Big Lake. Minnesota. Oh, I've been to Big Lake. Uh-huh. I like Big Lake. That's I, Big Lake Lakes. You? What, what's the name? That's of the their again? Chamber of Commerce oh, slogan. Is it? Nah, I don't it know. should be. Uh, Lupulin Brewing 
Uh, Big Lake, right there on Highway 10? Yeah, I've been to the brewery. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, in Big Lake. Yeah, Yeah. that's where Lupulin Brewing is. Right on Highway 10. We've firmly established all of these points. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I have that beer because I don't do cat urine. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I'm surprised. You're drinking a beer of a place that I've been. That's nice. You've had a Guinness before. Yeah, I know you've been there. Oh, good for you. Um, let's get back. I'm a little worried here, Josh. Go so, on. Now, I did watch the game in the comfort of my own domicile. And it was certainly a nerve-wracking experience because uh, we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, given our history uh, as Viking fans, I was wearing my Minnesota Viking uh, disappointed since 1961 shirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, I didn't, like you, I didn't want to put it too high up and get too excited and 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 get my hopes up, mm-hmm. uh, as we always have. Mm-hmm. But then... It's our favorite. It, it is. It's, it's something that we're really good at. Okay, but let me ask you this, Josh. Go ahead. When you saw the Minnesota Vikings start to drive that ball on that first drive of the game, and then they go... Johnny Munt. Johnny Munt, (laughs) again. (laughs) Johnny Munt. Uh, I know Johnny Munt, but the guy I was at the tailgate with, who's that? And as I think everybody was. um, But here's the funny thing, is you get down fourth and one, now, fourth and one within, uh, you know, range of the uh, very much a chip shot field goal. Uh, previous regime sends a kicker out, puts it up between the goal posts, gets three points. Hey, points on the board, first drive. Points you got to feel board. good about that. You, you, you do. But not this coach. This coach needed to prove something, and he did. He sends out the offense, and... A little uh, flat pass to a uh, little JJ pass. End zone, touchdown. I mean, that had to get you excited, right? Oh, I was pumped. So at that point in my Sunday, I was at uh, a Vikings tailgate, which takes place really right, right outside U.S. Bank Stadium. A lovely spot there that... Uh, uh, cousin Brad and Heidi uh, and their friends have have set up a couple buses. Oh, good they, for you! They uh, do great things there. Uh, a couple TVs around. I mean, it was really really yeah. cool to see. Appreciate um, and ex- the invite. Experience that. Uh, well, yeah, I did appreciate it from from them. Oh, for you, yeah. it 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 came together kind of last minute. It's I was down there, you know. So, anyway, that environment uh, of a tailgate to have that type of a drive, and then let's go for it on fourth down, and let's give it to our best player. Yeah, that's that's what we wanted, and everybody was was really excited about that start. I, and I, I I truly believe that um, that statement set the tone. Now, many Packer fans will say that the 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 Packers on the immediate uh, drive after that one 
could have had could have answered us with tied, it, t- tied it up right tied there. Up. Yep. Uh, our coverage was blown on the rookie receiver, mm-hmm. but it was a rookie receiver, and he did what rookies sometimes do, and he did not catch the ball. So, um, again, that was that was a scary moment, but I think it was a necessary moment for us because it was a slap in the face. We build this confidence. We build this hope, Josh. Mm-hmm. And the Green Bay backers slapped us in the face saying, look, we can just throw it up in the air and score a touchdown. We, your touchdowns mean nothing to us. And I think we, we learned from that. It was certainly a reality check early on. Yeah. Um, and it would have been interesting how the momentum would have changed or, or how that would have changed the game. I, Having watched the rest of the game, I feel like the Vikings still would have come out on top. I do, too. I think that a difference probably was instead of 186 yards receiving, Jefferson might have had like 303 touchdowns or something like that. Maybe. I I, I, I think Jefferson, um, for much of that game, was untouchable. Uh, That's what the Packers said. Well, it is. And, and the, the Packers... Um, they're supposed to have. I think Nathan said it on last week's podcast that they have the best cornerbacks. Uh, cornerback. They go three deep with uh, yeah, very solid corners yeah. and and good safeties. They they have. Uh, I think he said the best backfield or not backfield, the defensive secondary. backs secondary in the NFL or very high in the NFL. Or so we thought. Well, well, our, maybe maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they still and do. And do we yeah. just have again? Nathan argues with us in regards to um, Justin Jefferson's impact on the game. Um, I I don't know that he. If I'm going to play Nathan's devil's advocate or speak on his behalf, he's not arguing on Justin's impact on the game, but he's arguing that he doesn't see his. Um, eliteness to the level of Randy Moss, but I'm going to fall back on the point that that I, I I made last week of they have the same equivalent impact on the game. They get their different ways. I, I agree. Um, and what what is what is more demoralizing? Is it the chuck it up there on the one play and have Moss just? beat your team and make you look silly so he'll go three receptions 168 yards and three touchdowns like he did against the Cowboys on the the Thanksgiving Day game there's that or there's let me get eight nine receptions pick up a couple key first downs on third down and like I said last week Jefferson has a nose for the goal line as we saw on that reception right before halftime he was at the 10-yard line. The Packers had two players standing on the goal line. One of them stayed there, and the other one went to tackle Jefferson. And he made a move on the sideline, reached out, dove, has the nose for the goal line, and scored the touchdown. Right. So we haven't seen the 16-17 uh, touchdown seasons from Jefferson yet. I think those are coming because he does have a true nose for the goal line, and we're going to put him in positions um, like the fourth and one 
that you know what right. you're going to get this touchdown, which he didn't previously. No, and he, to your point, we are putting him in positions um, that Randy Moss simply didn't go into. Randy Moss primarily played outside what we would what we would call traditionally a wide receiver. Justin Jefferson is a he's playing wide out. He's playing slot. Um, we used to call it uh, back in the day split end. He's playing that position right off the line. He he goes in motion a lot. That touchdown, that first touchdown, was him in motion coming across from the slot position to another slot position. And and we're seeing that in this new offense, right? So yes, yeah, he moved around a bit last year and and in his rookie season, but. This year, we're going to continue to see that in the Cooper Cup fashion of of last year that O'Connell learned from McVeigh or maybe had a part in and saw how you move him around and create motion and confusion and different layers to get your best player open. And that's what Jefferson is, our best player. And Kirk can get him the ball. Given time, kudos to the offensive line. One sack. Played very well. There, there were some pressures on him, but I don't think that they were as bad as what was uh, kind of the stats indicate. They were kind of soft pressures, where Cousins still had the the time to throw. He wasn't um, under significant duress uh, uh, multiple times in a row, where where that can get him rattled and a little bit off schedule. Um, the offensive line performed much better than I I thought they would. And you gave Kirk time, and the the offensive scheme worked against uh, a great defense in Green Bay. Yeah. And, yeah, we didn't score 31 points, but did we take our foot off the gas a little bit? Could we have? Probably. We did, and and, uh, the Vikings still played um, that prevent defense that most teams play when they get up by several scores. Um, you know, and we won it by technically two possessions because yeah, they could have twenty three nine. Yeah, uh, touchdown, um, two point conversion. But the back to Jefferson just for or, I'm sorry, twenty three seven. What's wrong with you? Yep. Um, back to Jefferson just for a brief moment. The the thing that I think will give him stats that are better. Uh, than many receivers, and, and, and I'm not going to say Moss because I think Moss uh, is, it's like Jordan and LeBron, right? You're going to argue against Moss and Rice, who's the best uh, wide receiver in the NFL, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Jordan and LeBron in um, in basketball, you are there's the argument of who's better. It's Jordan, but, um, you know, so argument settled. Uh, but that is correct. Yeah. So, but I'm not saying that Justin Jefferson's to that elite, that top of the mountain point, right? I think he is just below that, um, and I think he gets there because he's so versatile and can be in every position. It's so difficult to double cover somebody like that. I, I think that he gets there based on that that longevity. 
Right. right. Moss did it. Rice certainly did it for longer than Moss yep. did. So I, I think that's how you get to that level is doing this year after year. But we've seen nothing from Jefferson that makes me question whether he's going to get there or not. He just needs to play enough seasons. Right. And I think he's matured as a player. Uh, he runs routes so well. Um, they've, they, they did a breakdown of um, Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. So right as the ball is released, then they break down where the receiver is, right? The receiver's not in the spot, not in the green that the ball is trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he's so confident in where Justin's going to be, uh, and probably any of his receivers, because I think Thielen is also a great route runner, mm-hmm. um, that he is confident in throwing the ball to that green space that's open up until the point that it's not, and Justin's or Adam or whoever is running to that spot. That's how good quarterbacks and good um, quarterback-receiver relationships work. They, they, they call it throw the receiver open. Yep. Um, yeah, that's yep one way to look at it, but it's, you know, partially is the receiver saying, trust me, I'll be there. I will, yeah. And you just throw the ball where where it's supposed to be. Where I can catch it. Yeah. Don't, don't overthrow it. Don't lead me too much or don't throw it behind me. You you need an accurate throw. So, yes, give Kirk the credit there. Mm-hmm. But as you said, the receiver's got to be there. And, and Justin's one of those receivers that will absolutely be there. I'm not saying that Moss wasn't, but he was yeah but he he had a 800 foot wingspan the the difference between uh simplified version of of moss and jefferson here is moss is the backyard football version of um not having a play designed and you're just gonna say all right guys run around do your thing um you your fast go long Mm -hmm. all right ready set hut and you just Throw it to the guy who's fastest on the field. Yeah, you just throw it as hard and as far as you can, and he'll catch up yep. to it. So that's Moss, where Justin Jefferson is. All right, everybody, we gotta get, we gotta pick up some yards here. We're knee in the ground, and we're gonna draw a play in the dirt. Yep. And I'm gonna fake the button hook, pump fake that, and then you're gonna break to the sideline. I'm probably gonna pump fake that because they're only at six Mississippi. Right. And then right when they they. Uh, start coming after seven Mississippi. I'm going to throw it long uh, on the sideline and, and hit you there because you're running that route. Right. I, I think uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, and Justin, you know, it'll be fun to watch him. Uh, and I, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it'll be fun to watch him develop over this season under this new regime. Um, speaking of that, what were your thoughts on, um, you know, KOC? No, not KOC. KOC? Yeah, KOC. In his first game, first real game, live game, mm-hmm. um, as the Minnesota Vikings head coach. This is, um, and I have my own opinion, but my, my opinions are more off-field stuff for him mm-hmm. than on-field. So I want to hear your on-field opinion. Um, to quote somebody we've never quoted on the podcast before. Borat, very nice. <laughs> he is he is absolutely very nice, and it, I I have to say that there's a I, I was totally expecting 
you know, run, 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 punt. <laughs> and that, that's so 2015 through 2021. 20, yeah. And, and it was. And uh, as a matter of fact, um, this was this was funny. They were they were finally doing, I think, what we've always yelled at the screen about is they were they were passing the ball to set up the run. Yeah, and and it's nice to bring Delvin in in the fourth quarter, let him wear down the defense, and we saw Madison actually oh have some gosh. wiggle to him. I I haven't seen Madison have that much life in his legs in a couple of years, so that was good to see. Matt, Madison was uh, he is that north south runner, and he is he is such a refreshing change for a Delvin Cook run in style. Dalvin Cook's uh, mover, shaker, Barry Sanders, uh, maybe not that good, but 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 back and forth. Yep. Where Madison's just going to find the hole and go through it. And I think this is where Madison is at his best, is being that secondary running back, that complementary running back. Yes. He'll come in and he'll put up decent stats when he's the primary back, but his impact on the game and being out there all the time, I, I just don't think he's that good to be a, a number one running back um, but being this complimentary player uh, is a good role for him and he's shown success in that so you right. know let's let's continue to, to, to use that the one thing uh, w- that came to mind when you, other than very nice when you said uh, KOC you know your thoughts is that the locker room is now saying what other people and kind of the the world has has said um, about just a different atmosphere. I think they're a little bit more hesitant. I mean, we we certainly heard some things kind of coming out of you know certainly out from under Zimmer's thumb and things like that. But now they that we were able to see what it's like on the field, right? And see the teamwork and the different environment kind of firsthand and and how it comes together on game day. Um, we're getting more light on the differences between um, uh, Kevin O'Connell and, and Mike Zimmer. And I really uh, like having an offensive coach in this era of the NFL as opposed it, to it a defensive-minded coach. Right. Um, not that defensive-minded coaches can't succeed and win in the NFL, but I think it's going to be the one out of five. Four out of yes. the five times, give me the offensive guy, and uh, let's put put up more points than you, and I'm going to hire somebody on defense who's been around for a while and has good enough ideas to slow the other team down enough. Um, so I, I like that just philosophy um, difference between O'Connell and, and Zimmer, and then you know what goes on beyond that as far as the teamwork the um really being one unit uh, moving forward as opposed to a very segmented things things felt very segmented with zimmer Absolutely. and it just didn't yeah. seem to have a a unified voice or just it, it just from the outside looking in certainly had a um 
that's the quarterback area or the passing area. This is the the running back. This is you know even on defense it was the secondary or it was the you know the the uh, defensive line or what whatever. Right. It, it didn't have that unit right. This is our defensive plan or our philosophy. This is our offensive plan and philosophy and it, it seems like there's more of that the fact that that cousins asked the wilfs if he could give out two game balls um and he didn't have his best game by any means no, uh, statistically um but the fact that he was uh bought into what has come come about and not that kirk has a hard life right he gets guaranteed contracts he plays quarterback in the nfl he's gotten paid very well so i'm not saying before this woe was me kirk cousins but he now uh believes in in that product a little bit more Mm -hmm. and maybe has kind of what i alluded to last week maybe a couple of the, the the coaches or front office now that believe in him and he's reciprocating that uh in, in giving out game balls to uh o'connell and uh uh Adolfo mensa yeah and i just want to piggyback on that a little bit um the the one thing i will say about koc and what he brings to that offense because i i think you've covered that pretty well on the field is that maybe uh, we know that Kirk Cousins doesn't have that clutch gene. He is a very analytical quarterback. He needs to think about it. But I believe that KOC has that uh, clutch gene in him and can sort of be that clutch person for Kirk. Interesting. I've never kind of thought of a coach with a, a clutch gene you know certainly we've got the Belichicks or the Bill Walsh's those that succeed and I always kind of thought it was a system thing that they um, put that that in place and it's just prevalent throughout the team and it's it's the system how, how we run our organizations and that's why we win but maybe there is something in today's NFL where we have a little bit higher turnover um, with with teams winning, um, that that yeah, you you could have a a clutch gene for a, a coach and their decisions or the confidence that they place in players. Here's a great example of that. If you take the um, Seattle Denver Broncos game, um, that coach at the end of the game for the Denver Broncos uh, chooses to put his kicker out there to try a what sixty four yard field goal that he misses um, instead of giving the ball to Russell Wilson one of the better quarterbacks in today's league at clutch at winning a game in the last few minutes right mm-hmm. uh, or the last few seconds so to I think that's where it's the opposite where that coach went by the analytics or went by I don't know if he went by gut feeling because that seems um, uh, you know, a little uh, too not enough at that time of the game, mm-hmm. um, and but went more by analytics rather than giving the ball to your star quarterback that you're paying a lot of money to, and in a place where he's played before, 
uh, to put it at least closer or in the end zone. Do, do you think he was trying to escape with a win instead of going to get the win? Well, and, and that's probably a great point there is that he probably was trying to take what he would consider the easy way out. Although a 64-yard field goal or whatever the distance was. Kicker's got a big leg. Yeah, he does. But, McManus, yeah. Uh, he's got a big leg in, in, in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is in Seattle. It's uh, I've never played there. I've never been there. I hear it's moist. It is. It is moist and loud. Hmm. I mean, uh, my, they got twelve men there. Yeah, they do. Um, I th- I don't know that that's legal in the NFL, but apparently in Seattle they don't know mm-hmm. how to count. So, um, but this is um, this is sort of I think the thing that KOC brings to this on the field is that Gene. The the reason I say that is partly because of what I have heard now off of the field, and I'm not talking about what you hear from players or what you hear from other coaches. I'm talking about what I hear directly from Kevin O'Connell. Okay. This is in all the interviews that he gives, which I've tried to actually comb through the interwebs and then listen as much as I can to post-game interviews or he does his thing with PA um, and, and other types of interviews that he has. He is so forthcoming in his words um, he he doesn't hide anything. He is absolutely transparent uh, in his discussions about his team. Right? Um, he one of the things that he mentioned is, uh, you know, he may have been in Kirk's ear too much in giving him too. But I think what that did was because he, he kind of jokes around and says Kirk was probably at some point saying, "Shut up already, let me do it." Um, and I don't know that Kirk is actually would ever say that, but uh, I think Kirk needs that mm-hmm. in in a game, especially in a game like this, um, where he needs somebody kind of. And, I, and we talked. Well, about he doesn't this have before. Sean Mannion anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so you have now um, a coach that can provide that clutch mentality to somebody like Kirk. You know, and maybe give him that as the mic's go- turning off. Give him that last word of encouragement or something to to motivate him or to help him find his own motivation on the field. Uh, I felt like Kirk was just more um, into the game as it as I've always felt like Kirk's like I, I will play one play, then I'll forget about that one, and I'll play the next play, which mm-hmm. certainly works. I think in some. But the, aspect, the short memory right. aspect, yeah. But I don't ever feel like he was uh, the quarterback who pays attention to the flow of the game, mm. right? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and that's where the coach comes in, uh, where he can lead that quarterback through that flow. Uh, if you have a Justin Jefferson who's always getting wide open across the middle or in this certain in beating this part of the zone, then you tell your quarterback, look, he's. In, Ten yards deep on the right flat, he's open all the time. Uh, get get him over there, find him over there, uh, or something. You know, mm-hmm. giving that little on the field through the headset or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, tip, and that I think motivates or or helps Kirk find his motivation to to further that flow. Right, mm-hmm. instead of going, okay, we're just going to run the ball here. We're you know, I, I don't think Zimmer ever did that for him. 
Uh, I don't. He wasn't calling offensive plays anyway. Right. And I don't know that any of those. But if you go back and listen to some of those interviews, um, like I said, he is. The transparency is noticeable, and that to me, uh, he is he has confidence, but it's quiet confidence. He doesn't like go out there and smack talk. Uh, he certainly believes that, you know, they they're still on a road to somewhere and they've got a lot of obstacles in front of them. But yeah, and that being said, all the positives. This is week one, and there's no areas of the Vikings after week one that I was concerned about. That's not going to stay the same throughout the season. Right. We're going to experience um, areas that get taken advantage of or that don't play as well. We're going to experience injuries that the Packers had last week without significant players missing. And how do we overcome that adversity? So it'll be interesting to see how the Vikings story plays out. But certainly the first chapter um, has gone very well. And I'm excited uh, as they face the Eagles next week. Uh, team coming off a, a, a win. Um, Hurts moving the, the ball on the ground like he does. Um, getting it to their new receiver, A.J. Brown. And the Eagles are supposed to be kind of this um, team that's above the Vikings in a Super Bowl aspiration coming out of the NFC as both teams that are a little bit more of a dark horse pick. You know, they're not the Bucks, they're not the Rams, they're not the Niners, they're not the Packers. But they're, they're kind of in that next group of, of teams, and it's um, more often, than certainly than the Vikings, were coming out as kind of that Super Bowl favorite. So it'll be interesting to see on Monday night how we handle a, a mobile quarterback, how we handle an elite wide receiver in, in A.J. Brown, and then a defense that's not as good as the Packers. No, so by far. do we put the pedal to the metal a little bit more um, with the Eagles being um, at least from a health standpoint more complete than the Packers and feel that we need to put up points where we're on the road uh, as opposed to at home. So we're going to deal with that Philly fan adversity. So I, I think that chapter two is going to look uh, a bit different than chapter one. Um, but hopefully with the the same result that um, we find a way to slow Hurts um, down a bit. They do have a, a running game that, that moves the ball well, um, but no real elite running backs that you need to worry about. Uh, solid tight end, a um, couple good receiver or great receiver, A.J. Brown and, and uh, Devonta Smith, who had a very down game last week. So... Uh, I think we're going to be tested much more um, from the receivers getting open. Can Hurts find him? That, that'll be kind of the question. Right. Um, and then I'll be interested to see if the uh, Vikings um, take more charge in the running game than in the passing well, game and, and I, uh, against the Packers. Yeah, and I wanted to bring that up because so, so Eagles played Detroit, and um, I think you were the one to say uh, last week that Detroit is going to be a sneaky team. Um, you kind of feel like there's uh, potential there, mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to be better than people think they are. Um, and I, I, I think that's that's somewhat true. Um, Detroit, their you know, top running back, uh, Swift, uh, Dante, yeah, 
uh, D'Angelo? Dante Swift? This is enjoyable. Oh, okay, go on. Uh, DeAndre. DeAndre. That's what I said. Isn't that what I said? No. Play it back. Um, 144 yards on 15 carries. Uh, not a bad game for... And again, they scored 35 points on the Eagles. So as you said, not as great of a defense. Um, the thing that I think we're going to face that's certainly going to give us a challenge is a better offensive line. Uh, only one sack uh, given by the Detroit Lions to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, you know, our defensive line, is it better? Probably. Um, we we rushed five a lot, um, uh, and mostly four. Um, five, I thought, more than we should have. Uh, we didn't rush three uh, very much. Um, they didn't go back in the nickel and dime. Uh, nickel quite a bit, Vikings did, but mm-hmm. dime uh, only when they were running that prevent. And this was a team that I thought would kind of keep that three down uh, lineman and, and maybe run an occasional, uh, you know, outside those outside linebackers mm-hmm. and rushers in. But no, they were running. Uh, the five of them, and again, I think it's a better defense than what Detroit had, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to, I think, some aspects of the game that were better than what they faced, uh, and, and opportunities where uh, they can really um, take advantage. Yep. Monday Night Football, big stage, and the, the Philly crowd, I think that that is going to be uh, something to watch as, oh. um, you know, moving from a home stadium uh, against your rival, all things going your way uh, in your your first game as head coach. Right. So what happens if it doesn't go your way at the start, if the fans get behind the Eagles? How does O'Connell respond? Uh, I think uh, that's going to shed some light and and maybe more um, forward-looking vision for what the rest of the season uh, holds for the Vikings. Right. So uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the Vikings win. Um, I'd, I'd like to, to get to some picks here, and, and you know, I, I'm just kind of itching for that coming off of last week. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk a little picks then. Hold on. Can we talk the Twins first? Uh, well... I, I found the twins. Where were they? Do you, do you see right over there that garbage receptacle? I see Reed's ass fans. No, no, just that garbage receptacle, big square thing. Oh yeah, yeah. dumpster. Yeah, and do you notice that there's a glow coming from inside of it? Yeah, that's the Minnesota Twins. On fire in the dumpster. Dumpster fire. And that was your Minnesota Twin segment. Yeah. So let's talk football picks, Matt. Yeah, let's talk football picks now. And what? Nathan, you were right about the twins. There you go. There's your kudos. Yeah, fine. Stupid twins. Um, what's wrong with you? Are you are you ill? Was the intimidation from Guido a little too much for you last week? I don't. I don't know. You, I, there, you had three picks, and you got two of them right. I don't know. I blacked out. I, did I have a lot to drink? You, well, uh, you were drinking. You ran out of your own beer, and you were drinking uh, 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 Bush lattes. So, 
Um, oh, I was just trying to hydrate that. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of water in those, a lot of water. So you pick Viking and Packer game. You pick the Vikings. You went Homer on it. You went Rube. Uh, you put a big four hundred dollar uh, bet on that one, mythically, of course. Skull, skull. I scolded all over that game. You did. Uh, Las Vegas at La- at at the Chargers. Again, this is uh, a pretty close game uh, in the line, but in the score, it wasn't. Yep. Chargers took it mm-hmm. and and beat the field with uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders of Anaheim, Oakland. Um, the one game you lost, you, you went on a flyer, you picked Arizona over Kansas City. I don't know why anybody would bet against Kansas City. I, I was wrong, and I wouldn't have bet that game, yeah. but you forced me to. I did. And I only took it for 100, yeah, which is did. the least amount that Guido will allow me to wager. That's true. And so you came ahead 600 bucks, so you're up to 2600 mythical dollars. And, of course, we got some bets coming this week. Um, let's start out with our, our home game, since we talked about it already. Minnesota at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is favored by two points, my friend. I'm going to take the Vikings. Um, yep. It, talked a lot about it. This game is going to look different. I'll take the points in, in a game that I think that the Vikings are going to win. And just, they're more of a, in my eyes, a complete team. Only one week through the season. And the Eagles being a playoff team last year. I'm just going to feel I, – I just feel a little bit better about that. Even though road environment, I, I understand all and of that. It's a really tough field. Um, but the way the Vikings were able to move the ball against the Packers, I, I just wonder if the Eagles aren't going to be able to stop them. Even if the, the Eagles' offense – flows much better than the Packers did and they put up you know 24 points I think the Vikings put it up into the 30s and oh wow I I think that uh, the, well, the Detroit, Vikings win win by win by six yeah Detroit put it up in the 30s so uh, if Detroit can do it let's really hope that we can um, the other game that we uh, is a mandatory game for us is the Chicago game or I'm sorry the Green Bay game which happens to be the Chicago game. This is Chicago Bears at Green Bay. This is Chicago coming off a big win. Um, it, you know, and now going to play uh, a Green Bay team that is licking their wounds, but probably angry. So Green Bay is favored by 10, and I think that's way too high. But I don't want to influence your bet. By the way, how much did you bet on the Minnesota-Philadelphia game? 400. All right. So we got Chicago at Green Bay. Green Bay favored by 10. Things went too well in a monsoon mud game for the Bears. And they went too poorly in a perfect environment for the Packers other than being on the road. That I think that uh, the universe corrects itself in the the football realm here. And, And Green Bay... Uh, really establishes themselves. They hold the Bears to less than 10 points, and if they're going to do that, I, I feel okay with them putting up a, a score in the 20s. So, uh, give me the Packers. I'll take them for 200. Wow. So, you're taking the Packers and giving the points. That is a bold strategy, my friend. Alright. The game that you don't know about, the game that I picked, we're going to save for last. We're gonna take. The, oh, okay. 
We're going to take the pick, the game that you yes. picked, uh, the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts are favored by four points. That's or, not enough. Wow. They They are uh, licking their wounds after maybe taking Houston a little bit light. And Houston isn't going to be as bad as people think this year as well, so I don't want to sell them short. But I think that the, the Colts are going to put up a, a big number. It's going to be in the 40s Wow! this week. I'm glad I'm starting Maddie Ryan this week. So I, I don't see the Jaguars getting into the mid to upper 30s to, to take advantage of those four points. Okay. It's not going to matter. Um, give, me the, give me the Colts for 400. 400. All right. And then the last game, the game that you don't know about, uh, we keep this game secret from Josh. Uh, it's uh, kept in a vault and brought out in a sealed envelope. Uh, Price Waterhouse keeps all of this uh, solid for us. Oh, you've upgraded this year. Yeah. Gu- Guido's got a lot of my mythical money. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. Guido's got other things to do. Um, he's watching Nathan right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm that, not... that, that could be awkward because we all know that Nathan listens to the podcast <laughs> in the shower. He does. So. So. <laughs> Uh, Nathan, look. you might want to uh, lose the translucent um, doors yeah. or shower curtain or yeah. whatever it is. Maybe not just, the greatest idea. Yeah. So I have Miami at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is favored by three and a half, but this is coming off a Miami game where they they were pretty good. Yeah, I want the I want the Ravens. I'm I'm not fully sold on Tua. the the Dolphins and but it's Tua. I I understand. Look, if I can't have Kyle Slaughter, I gotta have Tua. Yeah, you can have Tua. I'm not fully sold on that. I I think it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fine, but I am sold on the Ravens and and what they've built with yeah. with John Harbaugh and the Lamar Jackson led Ravens here. And it's only three and a half points at home. I want this all day long. All right. 500. Oh, my. Yeah. Are you getting cocky after last week? I think I might be. But when I was talking through that game, I'm like, it's only three and a half. This one feels like a slam dunk that the the Ravens are going to... Take it to my... Wow. Yeah. All right. I don't know that I agree with you, but... Okay, Tua. Yeah. Uh, I just... I I think Tua has an accent, so I I don't know where you got that. He's from Hawaii. That's right. They have accents in Hawaii, don't they? Mm, Not so much. All right. Um, Well, all right. So before we get to our final segment, I do want to carry through a segment that we've started uh, this year. And we we paused uh, last week and... Uh, the previous week, we got the whole thing, but I kind of want you to go back to just just the tip, Josh. Just just give me the tip. Of what? Fantasy football. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so just, just the tip would be, let's not overreact to week one. And if there was somebody that you were really high on, and somebody drafted them in front of you maybe they didn't perform well maybe they're down on that guy go trade for him it's only one week let's not change our thoughts so drastically from um, what we saw playing out in the season 
And if there's a guy you wanted that you didn't get in the draft, go try to make a move for him. Go get him. Um, I made a, a strong claim on Damian Pierce uh, being a uh, highlight of the NFL season. Rex Burkhead got a lot more run um, than Pierce and was more impactful in the game. And I'm going out and making offers for Pierce in the leagues that I didn't get him because I do believe over the whole season that the Pierce um, plays out and you're going to get him at a little bit of a discount. Maybe there's a guy you drafted two, three rounds later who did perform well. Well, try try throwing that offer out there and, and seeing what happens. This is the fun of fantasy football. You know, you've planted your flag with players. You believe in them, um, whether they're on my list, off my list, the opposite of my list. Um, go ahead and and try to go get those players and and target those that maybe had a a little bit of a poor week one and could easily bounce back in week two and then all of a sudden their price is the same as what it was or more and you're not going to get them from that guy now is your chance that's a that's a good tip but felt a little bit more like just than just the tip but we'll take it um uh, you know it i don't know if you get shafted in your draft yeah that's true you know Sometimes that happens, uh, or you draft who you want, and it's not what you expected. So, um, you know, that that part sucks, too. But you know what doesn't suck? Nathan's favorite segment of the podcast, What's in Your Bowl. Yeah, very excited were you when you saw this box. I, I was, and you have now, I think, three weeks in a row brought a brand new cereal because uh, we've started to see some repeats, right? But yeah. Again, yeah. another brand new cereal to uh, to the podcast. This one is a part of a family, part of a bigger family. Of, oh, you're just gonna finger that bowl, are you? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. That's too good, not to. I, 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 I you get Um. This is. Do you want to explain what the cereal is that you're shoving no, go in ahead. your pile? Uh, I'm busy. This is a great grain cereal. So great grains is a post product. Mm-hmm. Um, we we don't have post on here very often. We had post last week and we had post again. Uh, great grains. This is the raisins, dates, and mm-hmm. pecans. Mm-hmm. A lot of people probably wouldn't like this because they just don't like the fruit in their cereal. They don't like the raisins. They don't like the dates. Uh, but this is one of those where. Um, you know, you're going to want to try this because Great Grains puts a lot of healthy things in their cereal, uh, but it's got real delicious raisins and dates. Uh, and then there's what a- I like about this is when you pour it, it looks like friggin' muesli, which you hated, but somehow they crisp up these um, rolled oats, and and they're delightful. I, Just I dry. Hated, I hated the put it terrible with cereal that you brought. That that doesn't qualify as muesli. It qualifies as as bland trail mix with no M and M's. Gross. But this is crunchy. This is crunchy. How do you, how do how does Post do it? Well, cereal magic. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there's they they've got a magician that works. Um, and the raisins, they're they're not raisin brand raisins. I think they're a little bit better. Um, I've always felt raisin brand mm-hmm. raisins mm-hmm. were. Um, they're not your. I think the total raisin brand uh, cereal is better. Mm-hmm. That version. Okay. 
Although Raisin Bran Crunch is pretty darn good, but yeah. um, it's a lot of raisin talk. It is, and there are so many who don't like raisins. Yeah, I, is, I enjoy raisins too. Yeah. Um, as we uh, are going to move into the very last part of the podcast, I just want to um, recognize the Gophers on their two and zero start. You know, not all teams in the Big what Big Ten what any any teams in the Big Ten West other than the Gophers. I don't know. I don't Do think know? so. I don't, I don't think so. Gophers play uh, Colorado on uh, Friday, Friday. Saturday. Saturday. Saturday is college football day. And I think that they play well again, control the game, dominate it, go 3-0. And they have moved from a sneaky pick to win the Big Ten West to the potential favorite to win the Big Ten West. So, um, you know what? Go Gophers. Uh, Sky Yama, row the boat. I, I think I think you're you're absolutely spot on on, on now being because not only have they won these games, they've dominated them. Mm-hmm. And again, they're playing horrible teams. You, you pulled up stats here. Are, I, are I, I did, but I'm you didn't talk long enough for me to pull up. Well, find the Big Ten standings here. I'm, I'm looking click right now. Click on conference. Click on Big Ten. Why you keep I, telling me what to do? I know do? it's a whole east to west thing. Eventually we're going to have from New York to Los Angeles. Right. Chicago. Um, we're, I don't know that we'll ever get the southern teams in the Big Ten, which is fine, but we'll take Notre Dame, who lost last week as well. The uh, Badgers lost last week. It, it, it's, it's just... I, I, I college football I, is is weird. Apparently, I can't find um, Big so Ten. So we're going to rely on you to look it up for yourselves. But the Gophers are two and zero, and uh, I think on their way to three and zero. Go yeah. Gophers! Go Gophers! Sky, you might row the boat, baby. Um, Twins, go for yourself. Wow! All right. Um, thank you for warming us up with your dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little appreciate, appreciate you, Twins. Yeah. And pulling your pitcher when he has a chance to have a no-hitter, too. That's a lot of fun. Um, but more importantly... Skull Vikings. Skull. 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 Josh, skull. Uh, I played the Gophers this skull. time. Sorry. Skull. The Gophers skull. are going... It's Gopher. Well, anyway, skull. find skull. us on, on Facebook skull. at Sports on the Porch or on Twitter at MN Sports. By the way, that annoying horn. Uh, did you notice that they would play it like three times in a row? Thanks, Matty LaFleur. Love the bulletin board material. Keep it up. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And have a great morning, afternoon, or evening.